Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Hi, I'm Ron Barr, and this is today's edition of Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8Side Network. This is America's Sports Talk Show, Sports Byline USA. Here's Ron Barr. Dan Boyle joins us on Sports Byline, defenseman who played 17 seasons in the National Hockey League with Florida, Tampa Bay, San Jose, and the Rangers. And he has a place in NHL history as one of four defensemen to lead two different franchises in scoring. And he won a Stanley Cup championship playing with the Lightning. Also, he won a gold medal for Canada in the 2010 Olympic Games in Vancouver. Dan, you grew up in Ottawa, and to an American, baseball is certainly the national pastime, but to Canadians, it's hockey. What is it about hockey that makes it so special? Uh, God, I don't know. I mean, I would, I'd venture to say eight out of ten boys probably get pushed on the ice as soon as they can, as soon as their fathers can. So, um, you know, the weather has something to do with it. Obviously, it's cold for for more months than, than it is uh, in some of the warmer states. And, uh, you know, you got to find something to do outside. And with the, with the frozen rinks and the frozen ponds, people, you know, like to, to send their kids out to play hockey or skate. And I was just another Canadian boy that, you know, pretty much was, was on the ice all the time. Don Chevrier was a good friend of mine, and, of course, he hosted Hockey Night in Canada. We used to talk about it sometimes, and he said you really couldn't put your finger on it, but it's almost like the DNA in Canadians, especially the kids. Was he right about that? Yeah, and, and, and again, it, it transfers from, from one, you know, from parents to the kids. Uh, you know, you, you grow up, you, it's usually on TV, you know, back in, you know, on Saturday nights or whatever. My dad and my, and my mom would be watching TV, so as a... As a young child, I'd do the same, and you just kind of fall in love with the sport, and and then uh, you know it keeps going and going. Who were your favorite players growing up? Uh, I had two in particular. I wore tw- I wore twenty two because of Rick Tockett. I was a Philadelphia Flyers fan growing up, and uh, my favorite defenseman was Brian Leach, who was number two. So um, th- those two guys are, are probably the two. Uh, two guys that I, uh, I like the most. Dan, the physicality of the game, a little bit like uh, football, of course, but how does one develop that physicality from being a kid to growing up and to eventually playing in the National Hockey League? Yeah, some guys, some obviously I was not a big body, so I had to work at it. I had to get in the weight room and 
put in some extra time to try to strengthen my body because I wasn't going to be stronger or bigger than most of the guys. So, you know, some guys have that natural gift where they're born and they're, they grow up to be 6'5 and, and 230, 240, but I wasn't that. So I, I had to spend a lot of time in the gym, a lot of time in the weight room, and um, I think what helped me was, was really my brain. I had to be a little bit smarter out there than, than other guys and, and kind of know understand the situations when you're an undersized player and you know what where to go and, and how to get there you were undrafted out of miami university did that surprise you that you weren't taken in the draft it did not because uh it's well documented i was i was kind of a, an underdog my whole life i was overlooked i was told early on that uh i would never make it so it was kind of ingrained and, and whether it's right or wrong i just kind of never expected to to make it even though you know i was always the top player on my team growing up I just never really realistically thought that I had a chance because I was told that I wouldn't have a chance. Do you smile sometimes when you think back 17 seasons playing professional hockey for somebody that they said couldn't play at that level? Oh for sure I had a chip on my shoulder from day one and I still have it now even though I'm retired um, I uh, I never gave up I never quit and I believed in myself even, even though others didn't and uh yeah, I mean, to every day, every day was a bonus for me. I wasn't expecting to play one game, let alone over a thousand. So it's uh, it's an absolutely amazing uh, story, and I'm really proud. When people take a look at players, no matter what the sport might be, because I've had my other friends that were in pro football say the same thing. I was either undrafted or drafted late. What is it that they don't see in the evaluation process? Yeah, I mean, for me, the the biggest thing was size. I think uh, the the skill was there, uh, but size being back then you know the bigger players was you know you don't you don't see it as much anymore but back then uh, a defenseman under six feet they wouldn't even look at you so you know in football quarterbacks need to be a certain size but you look at a guy like russell wilson who's my favorite player in the nfl you know he's the kind of guy I cheer for because he's an undersized uh quarterback and he's doing obviously amazing things out there so it was just, it was just a size thing for me and that's something that you can't change you can't go in the in the gym and, and work on that. You're only going to be as tall as, as, uh, as God wants it. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't change. And that's the one thing that people thought that would not allow me to be uh, an NHL player. Dan, one of the things that I've known uh, about any sport, hockey, uh, the wings have a certain mentality. The defensemen have a certain mentality. The goalies have a certain mentality. Help me out a little bit with a defenseman's mentality. Yeah, well, usually the goalies are the weirdos. <laughs> they're the ones that uh, you know are going in net to face a hundred mile an hour shot. So they're usually not all 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 right upstairs. Um, I think forwards and D men are, are, are you know identical. I think that the you know it, it's changed over the last twenty years. Defensemen back then were a little bit more uh, your tougher guys, your slower guys, bigger guys. But um, it's changed now to where you get a little bit you get more more mobility on the back end. So. I would say that the the goalies are definitely different <laughs> different birds, but the, the the forwards and the the defensemen are are usually more of the same. You finally got your chance with the Florida Panthers a couple years in the minors, and then you come up as well. Being a guy from Canada and now playing hockey down in South Florida was it kind of a a strange situation for you? I mean, how do hockey fans in South Florida react to the sport? Yeah, it was. Um, you know what? They I came in. Uh, the, the the Florida Panthers made it to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, a year or two before I got there. So hockey was kind of uh, a big thing. They were in Miami, and they had just moved to where they are today, which is Sunrise. 
so that was kind of new. But uh, no, hockey was kind of a big deal, especially the team was had been doing well. So um, again, for me, I was just so happy to be up. I didn't care where I played. Um, I was just so thrilled, and it was a great quality of life. You know, you can go to the rink and, and, and in the middle of December and, and, and drive in, in the sun and, you know, maybe go play golf on a day off. I mean, it was, it was a pretty uh, amazing uh, way to live. Yeah, you're not shoveling snow out of the walkway, are you? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. In 2002, uh, you were dealt to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and in 2004, you lifted the Stanley Cup championship with the lightning for the first time the cup and i just wonder how you look back on that period of time with tampa bay because it was upsetting the way it ended but tell me a little bit about the team that won the stanley cup championship in your time there yeah very, very similar to my personal story i think the team had some uh, undrafted you know marty st louis being the other one uh, in particular um you know there was a lot of under uh guys that weren't uh, expected to be there. And we were a team that wasn't expected to win, and we just kind of all came together um, very much like my story and then kind of an underdog team and an underdog city. And uh, we all came together in the right place at the right time. Guys found their way on that team from different scenarios, and it was a short, uh, I mean, by the time, from the time I got there, went from a, a non-playoff team to, you know, a playoff team to a Stanley Cup winner within, you know, two years. So it was a... It was quick, and, uh, and that doesn't happen very often, but it's a, it's a credit to, uh, to the management that you know, went out and found some of these players uh, in different situations and, and put, a, put the team together. In championship season, there's always a kind of crossroads. What was it for the uh, Tampa Bay team? Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was just it was like the stars aligned. You know, we, we made the, the, the playoffs the year, uh, again, after I got there for the first time in forever. We lost uh, early, and we kind of learned from that. So I think that loss was, you know, maybe a crossroads. I don't know if you want to call it that, but it was just kind of showed us what, what it would take to win, and then we went on to win the following season. So it was a, it was a quick lesson, but uh, it was a good one. You know, championships really do mean an awful lot to players, no matter what the sport is, because I've heard a lot of my friends say, you know, I would give up all the numbers if I could get a championship. Tell me a little bit, uh, in your particular case, what that uh, meant to you. Because after what you told me about how you had to always fight to get anything, I would assume that that meaning was probably a little bit deeper for you. Oh, 100%. I, 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 for sure. I'd, I'd give up all my goals and assists for another for another chance at a Stanley Cup. I, statistics, you know, were never important to me. I never had a... You know, I never had a milestone. I never set, you know, sometimes they say to set goals. I never had goals as far as actual goals and assists uh, are concerned. It was it was always about winning for me, and I'd be willing to, you know, <laughs> take away all my personal points and for another chance at the championship. And that was my number one goal and the only goal I had going in every season. I know that the players get a day to have the cup uh, in their presence and, and to do with whatever they wanted. What did you do the day you had the cup? Too much. <laughs> they, uh, they they literally warn you. They say don't. They say simplify. Don't overdo it, because other guys have done it in the past. And and sure, sure, sure enough, I, I overdid it. I, I did way too much. I ended up getting a, a day and a half. I got it the night before, uh, and I told my wife that I just wanted my, my 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 friends, my buddies, just kind of the guys I grew up with, and not kind of have 
you know, other people around. She understood that. It was just kind of a, one of those things for me. So we kind of went out a little too late and a little too much. <laughs> and then the next day was, uh, was more family-oriented friends, you know, where I grew up. Uh, we raised some money throughout the day on three separate occasions. So you try to give back to the community a little bit, and uh, we did that. But it was, a, it was a long day after the night before, and, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, but it was definitely, uh, it was a, there was a lot of stuff going on. Dan Boyle is with us, defenseman who played 17 seasons in the National Hockey League, won a Stanley Cup championship, and also won a gold medal in the Olympics in 2010. We'll talk about that aspect of his life and other things as we continue across the country and around the world. We've got you on Sports Byline. You're listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is America's Sports Talk Show, Sports Byline USA. Here's Ron Barr. Dan Boyle with us here on Sports Byline USA. We're talking about his career and uh, also his life. Grew up in Canada and then played 17 seasons when nobody thought he could play in the National Hockey League. Take me back for just a second to that 2004-2005 lockout season. That was one of the strangest things uh, I had ever seen in sports, to lose a whole season. Now, in baseball, they lost a portion of the season in the World Series. But what was that like? How did the players approach the possibility of a lockout and then go through that whole season lost. Uh, it's tough. It's it's a it's, it was a miserable time for 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 the players, the owners, the fans, everybody. The, uh, you know, uh, again, there's the, the the business side of things that sometimes you have to unfortunately take care of, and 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 nobody enjoyed it. Nobody liked it. It was tough. You know, we had just come off a Stanley Cup win. We ended up losing you know a handful of players because you know our contracts rolled over so we lost some guys so when we came back the following year after we weren't the same team we would we were that had won so i think it hit us harder than anybody else because we didn't have a chance to defend it with the same team uh and you know it didn't do any good to anybody the you know the fans the owners the players it was a it was a it was a tough one did it make hockey any better i don't know time will tell i mean uh you know I don't. I don't know if I have that answer. You know, I think uh, you know they wanted parity in the league. They do have it. They wanted the cap. They have it now. So um, time will tell. You know, hopefully, hopefully the answer is yes. But uh, I don't know that. You know, I've watched minor league hockey back when Seattle had a hockey team uh, in the WHL, and I remember how the game was played. And now the introduction of European players and and other players around the world and everything. How has that changed the game, Dan? Yeah, they're certainly they play a different style in Europe. Uh, I was over there that that year in 2004. I ended up playing in uh, Stockholm and Sweden for a year. So um, 
you know, it's 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 nice to have guys that think the game differently. Um, so they, uh, I, I certainly welcome those guys. You know, if you want the best, if you want to be in the best league in the world, you got to bring in the best players in the world, and a lot of them come from overseas, and uh, you know, they're they're a part of what makes the NHL so special. One of the things in talking to Paul Correa that I like about hockey players in general is is that they are blue collar athletes. I mean, uh, we know what the the money is around professional sports, but I've never seen anybody with an attitude that I thought was associated with how much money they were making. How have they been able to maintain that balance and perspective on life? Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, you know, seventeen years, twenty five guys per you know a year. I, I I never have either. Guys are down to earth. Um, it's just the culture. I think it's it, it starts with the parents um, that that teach the kids the right way, and then when players come to teams, um, everybody's making money. Um, the veterans, the older guys, kind of show the younger guys the ropes, and um, you just keep everybody in check, and and then it just uh, it rubs off. And then as you get older, you start to take care of the younger guys, and it's just a, an ongoing thing. And and, and you know. We take pride in what we do. We're, we're thankful and grateful for what we do. I mean, we're playing hockey for a living, so I don't think uh, anybody takes it for granted. So I agree with that. You mentioned about the business side of uh, hockey, and you certainly had to deal with that down in Tampa Bay at the very end. You had signed a six-year contract, and then it went crazy. They wanted you yeah. to, to, to waive your uh, no-trade clause, or they were going to replace you. And I think that hurts you more than anything else. But you're a principled person, and I think that's the other thing that came into play as you left uh, Tampa Bay. Am I correct in that observation? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, those owners were there for, I think, a year and a half. So I think that speaks for itself um, to show what kind of character and what kind of people they were. I, I, I've never had a problem. Everybody can get traded. So whether you sign a six-year deal or not, that's, that's, that's fine. I, don't, I was never upset with that. Um, I was just told, you know, I was told certain things that was not true, and, and, and there were things that were happening behind my back that we were lied to, and that, 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 that was the, the, the thing that I was, had a problem with. If you, if you want to trade me or are looking to trade me, then, then let me know. Don't tell me that that's a lie and, and it's untrue when, when it is. So that, that, that was the big problem I had. So, um, you know, like I said, there was, those guys were there for a year and a half, and thank God for uh, Mr. Vinnick that came in at Tampa and, and rescued that team from, uh, from a, a tough ownership. You closed out your career playing six years uh, for the San Jose Sharks and two seasons for the New York Rangers as well. You go from East Coast to West Coast. Is there much difference in, in just the whole atmosphere around hockey between that? Because I often hear the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference in the NBA, different type of, of basketball and everything. What is it like for hockey? What was that like for you, just even from a style standpoint? Yeah, again, I'm... Earlier on, at the start of the career, there was a difference in the West Coast, East Coast, but um, it's a copycat league. Teams try to emulate the past winners, and, and it became uh, it just became all in the same. I think the biggest difference is the travel. I think when you're, especially when you're out west here in San Jose, um, I mean, the six years I was here, I think we set the record, you know, three or four years in a row as far as miles traveled. So you got your time change, which makes a difference. I mean, you, some people don't understand that, but when you're when you're going somewhere east and you got three hours, you know, of, of time change, and then you're coming back out west, and it just gets tough. The sleeping gets tough. So I think the travel more than any, more than the, the on ice stuff is it was the, the harder uh, adjustment. And certainly, uh, San Jose is not New York as far as media. 
uh, size and everything else. How did you find that? Yeah, it's different. I mean, I, you know, obviously you got 10 times more uh, media coverage uh, out east than you do here. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it can be both. You know, if you're playing well, you're doing, the team's doing well, obviously you're going to, media's going to jump on board, and if they're not, they're, they're going to find a way to, to get after you. So there's, there's pros and cons. I personally loved it here in San Jose and the way we were treated as players, and, um, you know, I preferred it. Yeah, Dan, one of the things that uh, I have been critical of uh, in talking about the sports media is that a number of them will criticize athletes when they've never played the game themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And you certainly had that in New York because uh, I know uh, New York Post writer Larry Brooks, and, yeah. and I know you two had a falling out yeah. there, and I thought it was justified on your place yeah. uh, because you called him out on something that was right on the mark. And I'm just wondering... Uh, the media is it has it because it's become more air, entertainment oriented that it's that it's harder to deal with them. Uh, how, how do you see them? Yeah, it's. I think. I mean, especially the newspapers. Listen, yeah. people are with the technology today. They almost have to do something and and and, and shock instead of uh, you know in order to get people to so, to read what they're reading and and you know. I, I listen. I'm my hardest critic. Okay, I, if I'm playing bad or if I'm doing something bad, that's fine. I will. I have for 17 years accepted, you know, what has to come my way. But when it's not your fault, when people go out of their way specifically to make you look bad for for things that are untrue or false, and especially when someone's never even played the game, and you know that that's what that was frustrating. It was it was a personal attack in New York. Um, and, and that I had a big, big problem with. And, and again, I, I was, for 17 years, I've dealt with tons of media people. I, some of them I call my friends. Uh, never had a problem with somebody calling me out. But when it wasn't warranted and when it was all the time and you could, you know, it was personal, that's obviously when it hit the, hit a boiling point for me in New York. And, and Larry's known for that. I'm not the first one he's come after and I won't be the last. Um, you know, and, and in New York, unfortunately, he's the guy for some reason that um, the rest of the media look up to for some reason. But meanwhile, you know, the players and, and, and opposing players, you know, it's the opposite. So it is what it is. I mean, it was it was unfortunate, but um, I don't I don't take it back because, um, you know, our team and, and me personally didn't deserve to be treated the way we uh, we were. So. We only have a little bit over a minute left, and uh, what are your memories of standing on the medal stand and hearing the Canadian National Anthem and getting the gold medal in the 2010 Olympic Games? Yeah, it's amazing. I, I've been asked before which one do, would I, do I prefer. I mean, for me, it was the Stanley Cup. That was kind of my dream growing up. But uh, for the gold medal, I think it was, it was about everybody else. It was about the 30, I don't know, 33 million Canadians. Um, it was more of a... The Stanley Cup was more for me personally, and then the the, the, the Olympic gold was for, for everybody else and for all the Canadians. So it was a different feeling. You know, you come together, you're only together for a very short period of time, so you're, you're definitely playing for your country, and it's, it was a different feeling. I love what you said when you retired, the quote being, I've been fortunate and blessed to have had the opportunity to do what I most love to do. All I wanted to do as a young boy was have the opportunity to play one game in the NHL over a thousand games later. Yeah. This whole experience seems surreal. Great way to end a career. Yes, thank you. It's true. I mean, I, like I said, I was told, don't even think about it. So I, I would always think, 
I wouldn't even dream about winning the cup so much as I was just skating out, playing one game, one shift, and and a thousand and God knows how many games later, uh, it's all been. Uh, it's, it's a pretty amazing, amazing accomplishment. Well, it was great to watch you play, Dan, and you had a wonderful 17-year career, championship uh, both in the National Hockey League and also an Olympic gold medal. Take care and thank you for joining us here on Sports Byline. Thank you very much. Dan Boyle with us, defenseman who played 17 seasons in the NHL with Florida, Tampa Bay, San Jose, and the Rangers, and he won that NHL Stanley Cup championship while playing with Tampa Bay. We continue with more of you and America's Sports Talk Show. You have been listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.